welcome to episode 91 of the Cricket Her Weekly. Now this week um, we've had a bit of disappointing news actually um, in relation to the Commonwealth Games qualifier which is due to happen in Malaysia in January um, and teams from Scotland and Malaysia have confirmed um, that they will be participating um, but other teams um, have yet to confirm their participation um, and um, basically we understand that the reason for that is that the ICC have said um, to all uh, all countries um, they've invited them to participate all Commonwealth members um, but they have said um, you can come but you have to pay your own bills so you have to pay your own travel and pay for your own hotel um, which is going to be potentially quite an expensive bill and uh, there's also a, a Covid element to this given that the recent World Cup qualifiers were effectively wiped out by Omicron um, and the West Indies team have only just about managed to get home and they ended up having to quarantine in Amman I think. Yeah, tough deal for them. Um, so actually, um, it's a bit disappointing isn't it Sid? Um, yeah, it is. I, I sort of get the impression that this is not, it's not entirely unexpected, shall we say. I think that the, the ICC's kind of perspective on, on the Commonwealth Games and on the Olympics, interestingly enough, um, which there's been also a little bit of news about this week, which I might come back to you briefly in a minute, um, is that this whole thing offered the ICC a freebie. It offered them a way to, you know, get a pile more publicity um, and, to, you know, to get some, uh, a big competition into the sport. Um, without it costing them any money. And then as soon as it came to the point where it was actually going to cost them money, then they decided, well, actually, we don't want to pay for the, pay yeah. for this. We're going to leave the teams to pay for it themselves. And if they want to, they can. And if they don't want to, then they can't. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of the way that these things work, RAF, generally? Is that what you were expecting? Um, well, I think that the way that the Commonwealth Games works is that um, each of the participating sports is essentially told um, by the, the CWG organisers, well, um, it's up to you to make your own arrangements for which teams participate um, in okay. your particular event at the, at the Games. Um, so um, the ICC will have been told, um, we're including women's cricket and it's up to you to decide um, how you get to the eight countries who are going to be competing um, okay. because that's that's all that the schedule allows for is for eight teams to play in a T20 competition um, and so the ICC could have said okay well we'll just do it based on rankings um, to, I mean I guess you could say it's to their credit that they said no we're going to do um, the kind of the top seven based on rankings or it's kind of the top six based on rankings plus England who are the hosts and then we are going to leave a spot open for another country um, to potentially qualify um, however um, so, so that's to their credit but to then actually say turn around and say but in order to be one of those teams you have to pay your own bill they must know they must have an understanding of the finances of some of these um, countries that it's not going to be viable for them to send a team to the qualifiers and um, and so that's actually a real shame and you just think it's one of those situations where you think well, that's um, the ICC are trying to, you know, they're as you, almost as you say, they they really want the great PR that comes with this, and they're banging on about the Commonwealth Games turbocharging in kind of very corporate speak, turbocharging the growth of women's cricket, and then they're leaving countries to to foot their own bill to try and part, to try and fight their way into participating in the event. So that's really disappointing. 
Yeah, and there are some parallels with the Olympics, aren't there? And there's actually there has been this little bit of Olympic news mm. this week that cricket has suffered a little bit of a blow that it mm. probably won't be part of the Olympics in Los Angeles. Is that the right one? Yeah. Um, in 2028. Yep. Um, uh, but there's still a small chance it could kind of get in because the the sort of the host country have some wild card picks. But I can't quite see the American Olympic Committee <laughs> going, yeah, cricket, cricket, that cricket, that'll be one of our wild card bit. No, probably not going to happen. Oh, no, you're doing um, your accents again. So cricket might have to wait until, um, I think Brisbane is the next one after that, isn't okay. it? Um, and obviously there's a good chance that the, our Australian friends might uh, pull it Yeah, in. But I think, there are, nevertheless, think that there's a chance for them to win a gold medal. I think that there's some of the, well, yes, in, in, in both, both male and female categories, you'd think. Um, anyway, the less said about the men's ashes, the better this week. We won't be mentioning no, that. No, not no, that no. Not that we've usually worked. Not happening. <laughs> um, anyway, so the Olympic thing is, is, um, is it's another case where the ICC were obviously hoping to get, you know, a kind of a freebie and kind of passed on some of these costs. And I feel very uncomfortable with that, actually. That um, I spoke to someone a few months ago that um, had a reasonably good knowledge of the way that uh, cricket in Brazil is financed, for mm. example. Um, and I, I said, you know, so if, if, if cricket makes it into the Olympics and, you know, then obviously Brazil cricket get, get loads of money in theory. But I was like, well, where does that money actually come from? And he, was, he said, well, it comes from the Brazilian Olympic Committee. And I was like, OK, where does most of Brazilian Olympic Committee money come from? And it comes from the Brazilian government. OK, so essentially they come from Brazilian taxpayers. Now, Brazil is not a rich country. So what you're doing essentially is you're putting cricket into there and you're going now and now Brazilian taxpayers can stump up for this. And in a sport where the, the most senior executives, the, the men in it, is largely men running it, pay themselves millions of pounds in bonuses, fly around the world first class, live in five-star hotel rooms, we're asking the, the taxpayers of second and third world countries to stump up the costs for getting cricket into the Olympics. That doesn't, that's, that doesn't feel right to me. I totally agree with you. Um, but it's one of those situations where if you are Brazil or another kind of associate country and you're trying to work out how you can best grow cricket, um, then you're in a way you're powerless to do anything about the ICC bigwigs, um, fat cats, you know, flying around the world first class. But what you can do is push for the inclusion of cricket in the Olympics. Um, so it's it, in a way um, I, I kind of agree with you, but I also do think that cricket's inclusion in the Olympics could be re really important as a growth tool um, and I'm sympathetic to those countries who are really therefore really pushing for it um, despite the fact that yeah it does seem to be a little bit of a thing that the ICC wants to to grow its sport on the cheap a bit. Yeah okay well that's the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics um, now uh, ongoing at the moment we've had quite a lot of conversations in the past few weeks about equality in cricket mm -hmm. Uh, with regard to to race, which has obviously been a particular theme of what's what's going on in England at the moment, um, and, and obviously, you know that's something we've talked about. We've also talked about sexism and sexual discrimination in cricket. Now, ongoing, we've got an independent commission for equity in cricket, which is looking at uh, equality in the, the English uh, English and Welsh games. Um, and this is this is an, a commission that's independent of the ECB, mm -hmm. so it's not part of the ECB. It's, the ECB aren't directing its findings. They're going to take on board its findings and look to progress them. So they're taking evidence at the moment, which means that the, you know that they have got various means of doing that. So they're talking to people, and they've also got a questionnaire that they've put out on the internet, which anybody can go and fill out. Um, and Raf, you filled it out this week. What did you learn, and what what can you tell us about it? 
I did. Um, so we will put the link uh, to the survey in the show notes because, as you say, they are urging anyone um, who has any involvement with English cricket to fill out this survey. Um, so you might be a player, you might be a parent of a player, you might just be a fan, somebody who watches at home. Um, you might have some kind of other involvement in club or um, club cricket or as a coach or whatever. Um, so you can fill it out if you're in any category connected with English cricket. Um, takes about 20 minutes, so it's not too time consuming. Um, and I think it's really important that actually they gain as many voices inputting into this as possible um, to really try and get a broad picture of what's happening all around the country. Um, so Absolutely. the first thing to say is that we'd really urge you to fill it out if you haven't already and if you um, are involved in English cricket in any capacity, um, then do do that. And as I say, we'll put the link in the show notes um, to be able to do that. It's open until the 21st of December. Um, so you've still got just over a week um, to, to take the time to fill it out. Um, I found it really interesting um, the way that they kind of structured the survey. Um, so it starts off by asking a little bit about you. It's obviously anonymous, um, but they just want to understand who you are in terms of are you a player or are you a coach or whatever and what your experiences are. Um, it then goes on and it asks you some kind of quantitative questions. Uh, sorry, I'm a bit of a a bit of a academic research hat on here, but so quantitative. So um, you use your kind of survey questions where you just tick a box basically, um, and so they're trying to gather some statistical information um, about people's understandings about. So for example, do you believe that everyone engaged with cricket has the same opportunities to progress? Is one of the questions, and you can tick yes or no. Um, or, or don't know, I think. Um, you can also, there's also a question about how diverse and inclusive you feel cricket is compared to other team sports. And again, so um, you might think it's more, you might think it's less, you might think it's about the same. Um, so there's going to be some really interesting data because then they'll be able to compare um, different understandings of cricket in a very kind of statistical way uh, and they'll be able to draw out information about, for example, how inclusive people in Greater London um, who are recreational players think cricket is. Um, or, you know, if you're in the north of England and you're a coach, what do that category of people think about cricket? So that's really interesting. Um, and then there are some questions as well about kind of trying to understand barriers to inclusion. Um, and then at the end, um, there are a few more qualitative questions. And by that, I mean kind of more open ended questions um, where you can just kind of write something a bit more individual, a bit more personal about your own experiences. So if something bad has happened to you, particularly as a person involved in cricket, then you can explain that. You can talk about that. And um, it is anonymous, but that information can then be used to inform the inquiry. Um, or, you know, it might be, um, so I'm approaching it more from a kind of, I guess, from a perspective of trying to see very much the big picture, um, because our involvement, mine and your involvement, tends to be more at kind of big picture level rather than um, in kind of very specific individualised club situations, I suppose. Um, so um, the, 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 the final question in the survey really um, is, is quite an interesting one. It's split into, so with regard to equity, what do you think the ECB should start doing? What do you think the ECB should stop doing? And what do you think the ECB should continue doing? So really, really interesting. Um, and each of those is just, there's a box open-ended and you can just type in what you think. Um, so well, I, may well, have, think, right. I may have written a little bit of an essay for them. 
Um, and they, they are then after this survey, so I think this survey is the, the first bit of the inquiry, and then they're going to actually hear, they're going to um, take oral evidence. Um, I don't think it will be the way that the DCMS committee was that, um, with the Azim Rafiq evidence where people were actually tuning in. I think it will be more of a private thing, um, but, that, but you will obviously be associated then with your evidence, so they will call specific people to talk to them about their experiences as well. Um, but yeah, so so it's possible that um, that uh, I may be involved in that bit of the process as well. But just in case I'm not, I wanted to give them all of the all of my extensive thoughts on this. Um, you may or may not be surprised that I have many. Um, so I think for me, um, the first thing that I think the ECB needs to do that's not doing at the moment um, is actually to acknowledge that within English cricket there is institutional racism and institutional sexism. We talked about both of those things last week. So, um, you know, they have been notoriously reluctant to do that. Tom Harrison, when he was appearing um, to give evidence to that select committee, was specifically asked, is English cricket institutionally racist? And he stopped short of actually acknowledging that. Um, so there still seems to be a, a perception, I think, in the ECB that there's a bit of cricket over here that's a bit racist. And there's maybe a bit of cricket over here that's a bit sexist, but overall, as a sport, um, it's just a few. We're bad all jolly good chaps. Yeah, exactly. Well, chaps. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and actually, so I think it would be really important um, for them, first of all, to openly acknowledge and say yes. English cricket as a sport is institutionally racist and is institutionally sexist. And those things are things that the sport has always been um, and, and still is, um, and it's still impacting on um, the people who are involved in the sport and on the sport as a whole. So that would be the first thing. Um, one thing that I said that I think they should stop doing, which I find quite frustrating, is actually holding up figures like Claire Connor and going, well, she's got to the top and she's a woman, so of course we're not sexist. Um, and that does really tend to happen. So particularly with her being the, the current president of the MCC, I noticed that um, the Stump Out Sexism campaign, um, which is all about trying to increase opportunities for women, particularly to play at Lords. Um, so uh, the response of the MCC when Stump Out Sexism complained about their treatment was to say, well, we're not sexist because we've got Claire Connor as a president. And it's just quite frustrating because that's just not how the world works, is it? Just because one woman's got to the top doesn't mean that there isn't sexism. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, we did see the odd, the odd person on Twitter, for example, saying, well, the cricket can't be racist because Azim Rafiq had, had, had captained Yorkshire. Yes. And we clear, every, every sane person clearly understands that that's not true. Yeah. And the I, same thing is the case with regard to gender discrimination. Yeah, it's like saying, oh, um, well, we know, well, women's cricket can't be racist because Sophia Dunkley plays for England. Uh, you know, just just stupid and reductive and just not true. Um, so that was one thing. Um, another issue that I raised actually um, was um, with regard to equal pay. Um, now this is something that still seems to be quite a radical proposition. And the more I think about it, the more I just think that's quite bizarre. The idea that, I mean, we've had um, equal pay legislation in this country since 1970. It's been illegal to pay women. That's less. longer than I've been alive, right? Just. Just. <laughs> so, so since you've been alive, Sid, it's been illegal to pay women less than men for the for the same work. Um, but yet we still accept that within sport, and that is very strange. Actually, um, we really need to 
to question that much more. And I would love to see um, English cricket and the ECB make a commitment. Okay, it may take a little while, but you know, why not say within five years, we commit that our women players, um, the centrally contracted ones, will be paid the same as the men and that as their base level contracts. The men will still earn more because of sponsorship, because of endorsements, etc. But why not make that commitment? That would be so great. Am I being unreasonable, Sid? I think you are being a bit unreasonable, but I think that's a positive thing. That I think unreasonable in the sense that that's, all, that's clearly unlikely to happen. But what's important here is to kind of push the Overton window on this. So that's borrowing a little term from politics. The Overton window is kind of the, the window of reason, what, what reasonable people think might mm. be okay. So, you know, the, the Overton window in this case will be like, well, most people probably wouldn't think that, that women deserve to be the, to pay the same as men. But if we start saying that, then people will, will more come to accept that as a thing that, yeah. that, that becomes kind of plausible and and unbelievable and honestly for example prize money uh I, I believe somebody told me about five years ago that it was economically absurd that there should be equal prize money in sport for men and women google uh, it if you want to know who said it <laughs> um uh and yet you know that the hundred now has equal prize yeah. money so you know and it's not economically absurd so you know if people like us continue to kind of push the overton window push the envelope on this then we can we can make changes absolutely so um, Sid, would I mean you didn't fill out the survey? Perhaps you you will do um, in the next ten days because you are somebody who has involvement with English cricket. Um, so uh, what what might you have put in these boxes, or what might you put in these boxes? Is there you well, here's, some, here's something I changed. I changed Raf, and it, it's something that related to something that happened this week. So this week we saw Darren Goff um, appointed uh, director of cricket. That's that was the right title, I believe, uh, at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Um, and we actually wrote to Yorkshire Cricket County Cricket Club about this and asked asked them for an official yeah, statement because he was very much appointed. Um, and it, it felt like you know that he'd been appointed just days after um, they'd uh, essentially uh, the, the previous team had basically all resigned, been encouraged to resign one way or another, um, and he was appointed. And um, you know, so clearly there, there, there seems to have been no interview process um, and no no open selection process. Um, and the, in order to promote equality, uh, open selection processes are a really important part yeah. of that. Um, so I would like to see open selection processes, not the kind of process that led to, to Dan Goff being just appointed because somebody happened to think that he was the best person for the job. Sure. Now, I, I do understand where Yorkshire were coming from, that they needed to make an appointment in quite quick time. Um, they probably felt they didn't have time to go through a whole process. They needed, having had a big clear out of the management team, they needed to get someone in place quickly. Should I read out the statement? Yeah. Just, I mean, I think away, it, it would be fair to read out what yeah. their official response is. Um, they say, given the urgency of recent events, the board moved to appoint Darren Goff as the managing director of Yorkshire Cricket on an interim basis to ensure immediate continuity and stability. The appointment is initially until the end of the 2022 season, at which point the relationship will be assessed. Yeah, so I think that, that overall what we need to do is to stop doing this. Mm. We need to have open and transparent appointment processes for all posts in cricket, right the way through. From if you're hiring a coach for, for your local club, or if you're you know, hiring people to work at county level, if you're hiring people to work 
uh, at national level. All of those processes need to be transparent and open and allow people from ethnic minorities uh, and women to, to access these roles because otherwise they just don't do so. And, you know, these kind of tap on the shoulder appointments, yeah. uh, you know, are unfortunately associated with outcomes that are essentially institutionally sexist and institutionally racist. And, you know, we need to defeat that. So that's something that I would change, Raph. I would say that every appointment within cricket must be openly advertised and allow anybody to apply for that role. It's a very, very stringent thing that you're proposing there. Um, and that's actually more stringent than the current um, UK Sport, Sport England requirements for any sport in this country. So if cricket were to adopt that, then that would be um, a, a more stringent thing than any other sport has to go through. But then we want to lead the way, Raf. Cricket should be leading the way on these things. That's what I feel. I think that's what you feel. And I'm yeah. sure that that's what our listeners and viewers feel too. I hope so. Um, the ECB certainly... You know, they talk a good game about this, don't they? That they really want to be leading the way. So, um, yeah. I'd, I'd... So let's do it, folks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> Shall we wrap up there? Yes. Do um, go go ahead and, and fill in that survey. Um, if you are um, involved in English cricket in any capacity, we'll put that um, the link in the show notes because um, I think that is important. Um, but, but for now, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in a week's time. Bye. Bye.